And now, church, we are coming around the Word of God. And I have the honor and the privilege of uh, introducing Pastor Chris Hodgman. Uh, alongside his wife, Shannon, they are uh, um, part of City Point Church down in Brisbane. Uh, Pastor Chris uh, looks after their internship program. The two of them together were leading their youth and young adults for quite a significant season and passed it on the beginning of this year. But they continue to lead what's, it's a, it's a movement um, referred to as Young Pioneers, and they're invested in uh, raising up next generation uh, influential leaders for the gospel. And uh, Pastor Chris has been an amazing friend of our youth ministry. He's come and preached at our youth camps and uh, at our stadium night at the beginning of the, of the year. And uh, I know if there's one thing I know about Pastor Chris is that he's passionate about moving in the power of God. He's passionate about leadership. He's passionate about people. And I know that you guys are going to be blessed tonight. Can I encourage you? Lean in, open up your heart, and just really believe that God's going to speak to you because I believe that God's got something really special for you tonight. So could you just stand to your feet and honor Pastor Chris as he comes? Yes. Amazing. How you feeling, church? You're good. You guys can be seated as I sort my life out. You feeling good? My gosh, I'm feeling good as well. My name is Chris uh, as Isaac. Uh, just let me know. Who loves Isaac? What a guy. I know Joel loves Isaac. I know that for a fact. Um, I tell you what, I'm jealous of his man bun. There is some glory on it, which is good. But uh, hey, can we uh, one more time honor your pastors, Pastor John and Dan? Amazing, amazing couple. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, you uh, haven't found yourself in a crowd tonight. You found yourself in a community, uh, one that just wants to invest in you, believe in you. And um, I know we just met, but uh, your reputation goes 100 miles beyond you. Uh, and I'm so thankful and honored to be able to be, uh, come and speak and be a part of your church tonight. And um, we honor you guys um, and all that you're building. Because uh, I know this, that it says in the Bible, it speaks about our generation having a lot of instructors, but not many fathers. And I'm thankful for people like Pastor John and Pastor Dan being father and mother to our generation uh, and speaking into our nation and the nations of the world and building a phenomenal church here on the Sunshine Coast and right around Australia, which is good. But my name is Chris, and uh, I, uh, as Isaac said, myself and my wife, we grew up in our youth ministry there at City Point uh, for the last... Yeah, 16 years we were, grew up there as young people, got filled with the Holy Spirit, water baptized, uh, activated in the gift of tongues, uh, uh, learned leadership and, and, and got activated in all the gifts of my life, all through our local youth ministry and just saw God do amazing, amazing things. And uh, we were a part of that. Like I said, we'll start serving and leading and pastoring there uh, in the youth and young adult community of our church for the last 12 years. Um, and just at the start of this year, we've, um, we've jumped into... A new role, I suppose, in our church where, where our senior pastor invites in just to work across the whole church, working with just the leaders and the uh, discipleship pathways and development pathways and all those good things. And we're having a really good time. Uh, I have been married for six years, uh, which is good. Marriage is awesome. Should try it sometime. Um, and uh, we have a little girl who has turned two this year. Um, and I've discovered something since becoming a parent is that no parent has any idea what they're doing. I thought my parents knew what they were doing. Now that I have a kid, I'm like, no one knows what they're doing. We're just winging this and hoping they make it, um, which is uh, great parent advice for all the parents in the room. Um, but, uh, but no, we have our little girl, and like I said, she's turned two. 
uh, if for any, any of the parents or mums and dads in the room who, who have, a, have, have kids or, or, or particularly a daughter, you'd know that um, you probably have the same kind of prophetic visions that I do about my little girl, that one day she would grow up, she would marry a man of God who's on fire for Jesus. Um, and really, I suppose prophetically, if you could partner with me tonight, I'm believing she's going to marry a billionaire. That's what I'm believing for. So um, if you can just part, I've sensed that in my spirit deeply that he needs to pay for my retirement and just pay for the boat I want and the Ferrari and, all, and the Tesla that I want. Um, so just, if, I, just said, I feel like I've just come with a word from the Lord tonight, just particularly on that. Um, so if you could just partner with me in that, that'd be good. Um, all the new people are tripping out, um, which is good. But I'm excited to preach tonight, and it's a huge honor for me. Um, and uh, I'm believing tonight that uh, we're going to God do, believing for God to do something amazing in our midst. Um, I know that He is the God of the impossible. Um, and regardless of whether you walked in here for the first time, maybe you call C3 Powerhouse home, maybe you're deeply embedded and love this community with all your heart. I'm believing God has got something for you tonight that's going to help you take your next step in all that He has for you and, and transform you from the inside out. And even just at the end of the message, I'm believing just in a couple of minutes' time, we're going to create some space down the front. We're going to believe for God to minister some people, bring breakthrough, healing, renewal of minds, um, and encounter you where you're at. So real quickly, let me just pray. Father, we thank you so much. God, that we give this night to you, Father. God, we thank you that this is your night, and we thank you that heaven's agenda would invade this place tonight, Father. God, we open our hearts ready to receive your will and your kingdom, and we thank you for that. Nobody said? Amen. Amen. Well, the title of my message is Power in your desert, power for your promise. Power in your desert, power for your promise. You know, in the Jewish culture, there were names of God. There were names of God that the Jewish culture recognized as these are the ways we describe God. And in fact, even in the Old Testament, we see that these are the ways God described himself. He had several names that he would describe himself as. And in the Jewish culture, they would see themselves in such a way that if they ever penned or wrote down one of these names, they saw it as so holy, they, they saw it as so reverential that they would, they would refuse to erase the name, that they saw it as so holy, if they ever wrote it down, they would not erase the name because they sensed the holiness around the names of God. Why do they do this? It's because they understood that the names of God were more than simply um, a nickname. It wasn't God like me when I was growing up. If you don't know, we're, we're newly friends. I, I'm a semi-professional rapper. It's a true story. Um, it's true. Um, my, my rap name is Bone Crusher. Um, and I'm not going to do it. I do not give in to peer pressure at all. Um, I'm, I've just... <laughs> I'm just throwing myself in the deep end really badly. Um, I literally don't give in to peer pressure, so you can pull out the pitchforks, and I, or I might. This, this, this section's pulling me. It's like you're pulling the rap out of me. I just, I just, yeah, you guys don't seem keen, though. You're like, please don't rap. Yeah, just, um, but that isn't what God, God's not saying, yeah, I'm moving on. God's not saying, he's not saying like a nickname, like, oh, here's a bunch of things you can call me. The reason the Jewish culture saw his name is so holy is because they understood that the names of God revealed the nature of God. 
In other words, when they saw his name, they knew this isn't just a nickname or an idea of God. This is who he is. This is God revealing who he is. And as we move through the scripture, as we move through the passage of the Old Testament, what we see is God giving a glimpse, almost pulling back the curtain to reveal himself to his people, reveal himself to humanity of saying, this is who I am. Reveal himself, pulling back the curtain, giving a glimpse. We find in Exodus, God for the first time reveals himself as this name, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. It's the first time in all of scripture he reveals himself. And in this particular passage, the God's people had just crossed over the Red Sea. They just escaped from Egypt, from captivity. They'd experienced the miracle of the Red Sea parting and they'd crossed over. They'd, they'd been set free. They're now on the other side of the Red Sea, wandering around in the desert, wandering around for this point, three days. It was the first three days of them wandering around the desert. As you could imagine, they just crossed over. And although they'd been set free from Egypt, they're starting to question whether the freedom they're now experiencing is better than the captivity they once had. They're actually wondering, they're going, you know what? Um, although we, we're, we're free now, man, we don't have food. We don't have water. Because they suddenly are starting to wrestle with, man, we can't rely on man to provide for us anymore. We've actually got to start to rely on God. And three days in, they're in this place and they start to whinge. They start to complain to Moses, their leader at the time, saying, man, we, we don't have any water. We need a drink. They're, they're feeling dehydrated. All the effects that come with a lack of H2O. Um, my wife thinks I drink way too much Coke and coffee, and I need to drink more water. But I tell her there is water in coffee. I promise you, there is water in coffee. Um, oh, Pastor Dan's not happy with that. I've been, I've been rebuked. I've been rebuked, and I'm not getting invited back. That's good. No, it's good. <laughs> That's good. First rebuke on the scoreboard. So we'll see how we go as the night progresses. We're only nine minutes in, so we'll see. We'll see how we go. But um, someone keep a tally. My record's 12. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but they started to complain to Moses. And Moses responds with the best way I know a faithful, God-honoring leader does. He responds by going to God. He sees the need of his people and he says, man, I can't fix them. I'm not their savior. I need to go to God. So he goes to prayer and God says to him, they end up finding this, they end up finding this kind of oasis. But as they ran to it, when finally we found water, they drink it. They realize the water's bitter. So now they're even more frustrated. The scripture even goes on to say that as they drank the bitter water, it was as if their souls became bitter. It was as if their, that their entire souls became bitter. And Moses went to God God replies and said, I'm, I'm going to answer your prayer. And what I want you to do is I want you to pick up this bit of wood. I want you to throw it into the water and I'm going to heal the water. Moses steps out in faith, throws the water, throws the, the wood into the water. And in that immediate moment, the water was healed and, and they were able to drink clean water in that moment. At the back of that, this is the moment we see in Exodus 15, 26, God for the first time, pulls back the curtain, reveals himself to his people that I am Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha meaning I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. That God in this moment was revealing to his people and I believe he's revealing to us tonight that healing isn't just something he does. Healing is who he is. It's a part of his nature. It's a part of his very design and he wants to heal you from the inside out tonight. I remember the first time for me as I was on my spiritual formation journey as a young man 
and uh, God was revealing to me um, that he was a healer. It, it's part of who he is. It's part of his nature. And I was, I was 18. I was serving in the youth ministry. I was, I was still wrestling with the, the theological wrestles of, of how come sometimes I see God heal? How, how come sometimes I don't? Is he sovereign in some moments and sometimes I don't understand it? And wrestling with, is there times he withholds healing? Or is there times that he, like, how does this whole dynamic work? And I kind of was sitting in a spot theologically where I was like, I think God can heal, but I'm not totally convinced he will. I'm not totally convinced he will. And that was kind of my spot at the moment. I was, like I said, I was still young in the faith. I was growing in my leadership and going on that journey myself, understanding that. I remember this the first time. God revealed to me that he was a healer. It was a, it was a Friday night at youth and this young man came in and uh, he had a, a moon boot on. He was on crutches. And as he came into the youth ministry, I remember having this sense because I was kind of on that journey, like trying to figure this out. And I remember seeing him and immediately felt my heart. God speak to me and say, go and pray for him. I want to heal him. And I was like, well, this is, I didn't even feel like I had faith for that, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm straight up going to be real with you. I didn't feel like I had faith for it. I felt like, man, God, you're going to have to show up big time if I'm going to do this. To the point of, I was like wrestling with it. I didn't know if I wanted to do it. So I was kind of like trying to avoid this guy. I'm like, if I, if I am always in a different room, I can tell God I didn't see him. Like, oh, I didn't see the guy. Sorry, God, I missed. And when God brings up a bit later, I can be like, oh, sorry, what guy are you talking about with the moon boot? Like, I didn't know what you're talking about. Like, just kind of like try and dodge God type thing. But I don't know if it was just like God was using the whole teleport thing that sometimes he does. But I just found myself keep being in the same room of the youth ministry as this young guy. And it was just pressing my heart to go pray for him. And I was like, all right, I'll go pray for him. I ended up going and pray for him. And I went up to him. And this guy, you got to understand, this, this kid, if, you, if, if you're a youth leader in this place, uh, you'd understand this. Or you work in schools or different things like that. This kid was that classic Eshe bum bag, Adidas hat. Like he was just like that guy, like back row bandit. Like he was, he was at the youth ministry for the chicks. That's what he was going for. Like he wasn't, he wasn't here for God. He was here, he was here to probably start a drug rink. Like that's probably what he was attempting to do. That's probably the deal. And obviously in our youth ministry, the way we built it was we confiscated the weed, we sold it and gave it to tires. That's what we did. That's how we built the church. That's how we built a phenomenal youth ministry. Had some leadership advice for you. Um, we're not online, Pastor John, are we? I hope this isn't being broadcasted. Um, but uh, <laughs> how's me not just back trying to go? Nah, guys, I'm joking. I'm not. I'm not saying it. So everyone's questioning: Is this guy real? Um, but it was this kind of kid. It was this kind of kid. And I said to him, "Hey, bro, um, do you mind if I pray for you? I feel like God wants to heal you." And he's like tripping. He's like, "Yeah, bro, like." sure, but obviously it's not going to happen. So all I did was I got down, I put my hand on his ankle, I believed for God to move. And I'm not kidding you, in that moment, I had like probably negative faith. Like I'm like, I don't even know if this is going to happen, like type thing. I'm just going to try, see what happens. I personally, in that moment of my life, had never seen God, a healing take place through me praying for someone. I hadn't seen it yet. I was like, I'd heard of it, I'd seen it around, I'd seen it happen in, in services like this, but I'd never personally seen God use me in that way. And in that moment, I prayed. And then I did that, the audacity to tell the 15-year-old to take off his moon boot and test it. So now he's like, okay, all right, let's try this. So he takes off his moon boot. And you got to understand, this, this guy's ankle, he was, he was actually a, um, he was like kind of coming through the ranks in a lot of the junior dance schools and he was trying to like go pro and all those kind of things. Um, so what he'd actually done was he'd actually like uh, snapped his ankle in three places through doing these like de- different, different um, routines and whatnot. And the ankle was like, this, it was huge. It was like the size of a balloon. It was like, it was like gigantic. Like it, was, it was like the size of my arms, like just huge, like just massive. 
Like just, if that's a good comparison, just huge, like, like intimidating, you know what I mean? Like just mass, like you don't want to meet in a dark alleyway, like massive. So, um, and uh, she was just, this, this is what the state of his ankle. As he takes off his moon boot, he's noticed all the swelling's completely gone down and he starts to move his ankle up and down and he starts freaking out because he's feeling no pain. His ankle's totally healed. It was crazy. craziest part was, you got to understand that he was um, obviously new to, the, new to church, never been in an environment like that before. He just starts literally swearing his head off because he was like, what the heck is going on? And I'm not going to lie, I felt like swearing too because I was like, this is crazy. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm tripping out. And um, anyways, at the end of the night, the funniest part was at the end of the night, um, trying to justify, because obviously he, he, he took off his moon boot. He was, by, by the end of the night, he's like jumping up and down in the praise party. He gives his life to God that night. He had his life totally transformed. By the end of the night, he jumps in his mum's car. Obviously, because he's taking the moon boot off, he's only wearing one shoe. If you don't go to you thinking, in case I get healed tonight, I'll bring a spare shoe. You don't think that. So he just had one shoe on walking around. So the mum was like, man, does this youth ministry steal shoes? Is that what's going on here? Like, are they steal shoes? And I'm like, well, we don't steal shoes, we steal moon boots. That's what we do. We steal moon boots. So I had a, a bit of an awkward uh, dialogue there, but it was the first time God revealed to me as a healer, and I remember it just built faith in me, because I went, man, if God can do it then, how much more can He do it in other circumstances? And I remember going on the journey then of seeing God move powerfully in and through my life. We see in uh, we see in the Old Testament, God continue to reveal Himself as Jehovah Rapha. In Psalm 147.3, it says this, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. In Psalm 30 verse 2, it says, Lord my God, I cried out for help and you healed me. You understand in the Old Testament, He was pulling back the curtain. He was revealing Himself as Jehovah Rapha. But in the New Testament, He doesn't just give you a glimpse he comes incarnate, put in on flesh and bone, the fullness of the Godhead, the, the, the triune God that we serve, put flesh, flesh and bones on and walked among us, not just to give us a glimpse that He is Jehovah Rapha, but to prove to us He is Jehovah Rapha, actually to walk among us. It says this in 1 Peter 2 verse 24, He Himself, Jesus, bore our sins in His body on the tree, so that having died to sins, He might for righteousness... He might live for, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Luke 6, 19 says in the whole crowd, a story of Jesus, the whole crowd was trying to touch him because the power was coming out from him and healing them all. Luke 4, verse 40, when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him, that's Jesus, as he laid his hands on each one of them and he healed them. Jesus is proving himself. He's walking among us in his ministry, in his life, putting the full kingdom on display, showing I'm not just going to uh, give you a glimpse of who I am. I'm going to show you and reveal you my very nature, who I am. And in this moment, he lays hands on the sick and they get, and they get healed. And why do we lay hands? I know in a phenomenal 
Pentecostal church like C3 Powerhouse. We, we've seen God move doing amazing things through this community and through this church. But the reason Jesus laid hands is because he knew the gospel and the kingdom being put on display was more than a delivery of information, but it was about impartation. It was about an impartation of spirit that would actually transform you. But the capstone was Jesus' very start of his ministry, his kind of opening message. He's kind of like, here I am. This is the reason that I've come. And in the time that the Jewish culture was so confronted by him, the, the Pharisees were so confronted by him, that they, even there were claims that he was a heretic, that he was walking around. And, and the reason was, was because he opens with this controversial message, this message where he essentially quotes Isaiah 61, which we know to be the message that describes the coming Messiah. So Jesus having the audacity to get up there and say that message that you've known for generations in, in, in your, the God's people, understand that that scripture is the message about the coming Messiah. You getting up here and saying, hey, that is me. That was crazy for their culture. They couldn't understand that. We see this in Luke 4. 18 to 19, he, he says this, and this is where he, he's essentially preaching that message out of his eye. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus opened up His ministry. He opened up the kingdom of God, by, by putting the full kingdom of God on display and saying, this is why I'm here, to no longer give you a glimpse, no longer make you feel like God's this distant God who occasionally relates to me, but He is going to be fully engaged in my world. He's going to be engaged in my pain, in my hurt, in my suffering, in what I'm going through, but He's not only going to be engaged, He's going to engage it as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. So what does this mean? How does this tie back to Exodus, where the first glimpse we get at Jesus revealing himself as Jehovah Rapha? I find it funny that he heals water and then responds with, I'm the Lord who heals you. He heals water and then says, I'm the Lord who heals you. He didn't say, hey guys, you're thirsty. I'm going to give you some water. He was given an example only three days in to them being in the desert. Only three days in, right at the beginning of them in their desert season, saying to them, you know what? I'm the Lord who heals you. But why would he do that? Why would he respond that way? You know, if, you take, if we take a deep dive into this particular passage, there's a lot of scholars speak into it and speak about the representation taking place with why the scripture speaks about when they drank the bitter water, their souls became bitter. And there is a representation here of what the water represented. We see it that there's three layers of water. I feel like in my study preparing for tonight, I've become a water, waterologist. I've become a waterologist, a H2O expert. And there's three phases to water as it goes on its journey in sense of becoming such a Christian word. Water going on a journey. Such a Christian word. To becoming bitter. The first one is this and I'll chuck, I'll chuck it up on the screen, is this first one is that the water becomes impure. Scientists say for something to become impure, it's when a foreign object or subject or substance is mixed in 
which means that in the same way, when our, the water becomes impure, in the same way it represents our hearts and our souls, that when our souls become impure, it's when we're allowing foreign substances, substances that aren't of God, substances that aren't of heaven's agenda into our life, when we're feeding our soul, feeding our minds, feeding what we're listening to, feeding our hearts with foreign things that is converting it to becoming impure. But there's a deeper place. It, it represents this, destructive and, un, and adulterated thoughts, relationships and choices. But there's another level where the water doesn't just stay impure, but it becomes contaminated. Scholars say this represents the contaminated water was deeper and actually represents a transition from simply thoughts to poisoning actions, polluting patterns and behaviors. But the furthest point water goes when it's in its peak state, if you will, of bitterness is when it becomes totally corrupted, where our hearts are no longer impure. They're not simply contaminated, but they're totally corrupted. Someone, and this represents someone completely changing from their original design to the point of being rendered debased and unrecognizable. When Jesus responded, I'm the Lord who heals after he healed the water, what he's saying is, I'm not just the God who wants to heal your physical body. I want to heal your body, your soul, and your spirit. I want to heal the triune being. I want to heal the entire makeup of your life. When God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, he's revealing himself as a holistic healing God. He's not simply looking to heal the, the sprained ankle, although that's awesome. He's not as simply looking to heal the headache, although that's awesome. He's looking to go into the depths of the heart, that contamination that's in your life, that corruption that's in your heart, that impurity that you've been wrestling with, that you've been journeying through. God wants to go deep dive into that and heal you from the inside out. God reveals himself as this because he wants you to know that the same power, the reason he showed this to the Israelites, because he wanted them to know the same power that was in the desert is the same power that's going to get you through to the promise. The same power that was in the desert. That's why right at the beginning, he showed them, you know, you're in the desert right now. And God wants to reveal to you tonight as well. You may be in a desert season. You may be feeling dry. You may be feeling even in your spirit, a sense of, a sense like you're parched. Like, man, I'm looking for a sense of oasis where I can have a drink. Well, God wants to let you know tonight. He is Jehovah Rapha, the one who wants to heal your body, soul, and spirit and transform you from the inside out. If I could have the keyboard come, that'd be cool. Remember earlier this year, we, um, myself and Matt, hey, Matt, can you say hi to everyone, bro? Everyone say hi to Matt. That's my friend, Matt. Um, and uh, my, friend and um, my friend and I, we, we flew up to uh, North Queensland, we're... Um, speaking up at a conference up there and just ministering up there. And um, it was just uh, the final night of conference, just one of those amazing nights. One of those nights where I'm believing, well, similar to tonight, where God's just going to have his way and he's going to continue to minister to us. And it's one of those nights where there's just bodies everywhere and God was just moving powerfully and people getting healed and renewed and set free. And it was significant. I remember to stand there just, just, just amazed at the wonder of God. Remember that the, it was kind of, getting to the end of the night and God was just doing phenomenal things and there was this young girl who was kind of at the back of the auditorium and I caught eyes with her and as soon as she caught eyes with me she ran out of the room and I was like well it's not the first time a girl's run away from me so I didn't think much of it I've been rejected my whole life no I'm just kidding 
I'm just venting now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, okay, like maybe she was getting a drink of water. I don't know. But we kind of kept praying and different things like that. About 30 minutes later, I kind of see she comes back in. And she actually kind of catches up with me again. She calls me over. I remember grabbing Matt, another, another leader who was there. We went over to her to see if she was okay. And she let me know her story. She was saying that, you know, she'd been going to the conference the last couple of days. It was kind of the final night. And she was standing there and she was seeing God do amazing things. And she was watching how people were falling over under the power of God, people encountering Him. And, I, and you may have seen it before, maybe it's your first time here and you've never seen that, but when people fall over under the power of God, it can almost look like, not that they're unconscious, but it can look like they're almost like asleep or they're laying there and they're encountering God. And it's always gentle. It's always beautiful. It's always amazing when God encounters people that way. It's always a wonderful thing. But for her, when she saw that, it was like triggering trauma for her. Because when she saw it, she, all she could see was people that looked unconscious laying on the ground. And when she saw it, the last time she remembered a moment like that, was that she'd grown up with a child abuse her whole life from her father and that she'd grown up and she remembered the last time she felt that way when she was laying there unconscious, her dad continued to beat her. She was laying there. When she saw that, she was like, man, I don't want anything to do with that. Ran out of the room. She ended up coming back and she stood there and said, I don't know why I'm here. This whole thing's freaking me out. She even started to explain that whole falling over thing's tripping me out. But I don't know why, but for some reason, there's something in my heart that wants it. There's something on the inside of me that wants it. I don't know what it is. It's freaking me out a little bit, but there's something that if those people are being set free, I don't want to walk with this shame, this guilt, this oppression anymore. I want what that is. She said, can you pray for me? We said, of course we can. She said, I, she was still like, you can pray for me, but I don't want to fall over. I am going to stand. She's like, I backed against the wall. Like I just... Like put myself against a brick wall. The brick wall can be my catcher. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, all good. Because the best part is, is God can encounter you when you fall down. He can encounter you when you're standing up. He can encounter you in your chairs. He can encounter you in the car on the way to work tomorrow morning. He can encounter you on the bus. He can encounter you on the way to university. He can encounter you at home. God can encounter you wherever you're at, and He'll meet you right where you're at. So I had no sense in me of like, unless she falls over, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I was like, yeah, let's pray. And as we began to pray for her, she just felt these things lift off her. There was this sense in her where he just felt like her body language began to change. Things began to shift. Prayed for her for a bit and she ended up kind of coming to after this encounter and she was like, whoa, what the heck was that? She was like, that is better than any drug I've ever taken. That was like the craziest, wildest thing that's ever happened to me. It was a powerful moment. She even said in that moment that she felt and she saw in the spirit, she had like a vision for the first time and she saw several demons fleeing her life that had been holding oppression on her and trying to grip on her life. She got totally set free. The craziest part for me was the next day. We were heading to the airport. We were about to fly home. You got to understand where the conference was compared to the airport was. It was like an hour difference. There was, there was no reason for us to bump into this young girl. There was no reason for us to even be in the same vicinity. I, I think it was honestly divine because God wanted to teach me something. We were like an hour outside of town. We're grabbing a coffee real quickly and then we're going to head to the airport. I just stopped to get coffee. I'm standing there with Matt, and there's this little girl comes around the corner. And I'm like, hey, this is crazy. And I literally turn him out, I'm like, oh, that's that girl. Like, no way, this is crazy. Um, we end up like waving her. She comes running over, and this was, this was the craziest moment for me. 
when I stood there and looked at her, it was like I was looking at a different person compared to the night before. There was like innocence restored in her eyes. Her body language had been like there was self-esteem back in her life. She'd been walking around as if no one had ever touched her and she was totally transformed. Want to know why? Because we serve Jehovah Rapha who doesn't just want to heal your body. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal your spirit. He wants to transform you from the inside out to the point of no matter what kind of things you've walked through, God can renew you in a moment and look at you as if nothing ever happened. Totally set you free. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friend, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of the reverence of God. If we could all close our eyes, that would be amazing. Hey, maybe you're here for the very first time. Like I said, maybe you call C3 Powerhouse home. Maybe you love this community. But if you're here and you're like, man, I feel like that's me. I feel like I've got impurities in my life or I even feel like there's some contamination I've been wrestling with or some corruption I've been wrestling with. Or maybe you're here and you're like, man, I just feel like the Jesus you're talking about, the one who wants to set me free, I don't know him. The greatest question you can ever answer is, do I know Jesus? That one question will determine not just your now, but for the rest of your eternity. And if you're here, maybe for the very first time, or maybe you feel like you're distant from God, you've allowed foreign substances, things that aren't according to your will, into your heart, and you feel distant from it. Or maybe you're here and you're not totally sure you're saved. The Bible says we can be confident on our salvation. If you're not totally sure you're saved, but you want to be, whether it be for the very first time you don't know Jesus, but you want to, you want to make a recommitment, or you're not totally sure you say, but you want to be sure, I'd love to pray for you in this moment. You don't have to have to understand everything. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to say yes and allow His saving grace to come and count you. If that's you, what I want you to do, whether you're any one of those people and you don't know Jesus, but you want to, on the count of three, I just want you to be really brave. As Alyssa said tonight, get your brave on. And shoot up your hand really high and we'd love to pray for you. On the count of three, if that's you, you don't know Jesus, but you want to. Maybe you feel distant from him, you want to reconnect, or you're not totally sure you say, but you want to know. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to put up your hand. One, two, three. Chuck up your hands all across this place. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Incredible, incredible. Amazing, amazing. If we could all stand, that'd be amazing. Let me quickly pray for you. Father, we thank you so much. God, for this amazing community. God, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in our hearts in this moment. God, we thank you that you're leading us back. God, we thank you even in this moment. God, that you would wash us by your blood, that the old would go and the new would come. God, we thank you for every person who's made a decision in their heart tonight. God, that you would transform them by the inside out and allow the Holy Spirit to come and transform them. And we thank you for that. Come on, can we celebrate Jesus tonight? Give him a round of applause. Amazing. Well, we just got a couple of minutes left. And 
Like I said, I, I just sense tonight, God wants to put his kingdom on display, that he wants to reveal himself and prove himself as Jehovah Rapha. So if you're here and maybe you need healing in your body, I'm talking, I'm talking arthritis, sprained ankles, eyesight issues, hearing issues, gluten intolerances, uh, irritable bowel syndromes, different stuff going on in your organs, diseases you've been diagnosed with, different things like that. I'm believing God wants to heal you tonight. Or maybe you're here. And you're like, man, I'm the fittest person in Australia. My body is in tip-top shape. But you know, man, my soul isn't okay. I feel like, man, I've, I've let impurities in. I feel like I've let contamination in. God just doesn't want to heal your body. He wants to heal your soul as well and your spirit as well. And I'd love to just create space to the front for you to be able to take that step of faith to say, you know what, I'm going to take a step of faith to come because I would love to pray for you. I know we're going to have leaders come and join as well and come and pray and believe for your miracle. So if that's you, I want you to come to the front. But come on, let's worship. And if that's you, I want you to come to the front. We're going to believe for God to move. Come on, let's worship the King. If I could have some leaders come and pray, that would be amazing. Come on, let's pray. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking, I can feel it, heaven come down.